Uh, Acts 2, 17 and 18 interprets the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So Acts 2, that's where the Pentecost happens, the Holy Spirit comes. And Peter explains it by reference to the prophecy of Joel. In fact, Jeff Early is going to preach on this Sunday evening. So, And one of the things it says is, Your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Well, this seems to be prophetic activity. So how do you understand these visions and dreams that are, which, which Joel prophesied, and Peter at Pentecost said that prophecy is fulfilled? How do you take that? Now, uh, charismatic and Pentecostal brothers will say that means exactly what it says. That's what the Bible says. And it means what it says. It means that if the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will have prophet, you will engage in prophetic activity. And they would include speaking in tongues as part of that. In kind of extreme cases, you're, you're not indwelt by the Holy Spirit unless you speak in tongues. That's certainly not all who hold that, that view. But that's what it's saying. You, there will be prophetic dreams today that your teenage daughter may prophesy at the youth group, and it's a prophecy. What are we, how, what are we going to say about that? Well, again... Joel, or P- Peter, is explaining what has happened at Pentecost by reference to a prophecy done many... In fact, Joel's interesting, as Jeff has pointed out, we really have no idea when it was written, except for it's pretty early. Or late 9th century, something like that maybe, but it's pretty early. Uh, and he's prophesying a day to come when the Spirit will come, and then he's going to describe it like Isaiah in Isaiah 11. He's going to describe it in terms that were intelligible given the redemptive setting in which he's writing, which is the, the prophetic activity. Uh, and when one of his points is the whole church will have the Holy Spirit and there will be a, the prophethood of all believers, one of the great Reformation doctrines. But yet again, we, we're not taking the phenomenal, is that, the, is that right? The phenomenal, the phenomenal, I guess that's right. The phenomenal description, which he's making, I don't know, 920, maybe 870. Joel's really hard to date because we don't know when the plague was. Um, so the phenomenological, that's phenomenological, uh, aspect of what he's describing is not the issue. It's what that is describing, namely the prophethood of all believers. Now, how do we know that? Because when you look in the book of Acts, you don't find this. You don't find this. You don't find in the New Testament that the church is growing because everybody's making prophecies. The, the only dreams you have are rather exceptional situations to the apostles themselves. And so the prophetic activity, the actual giving revelation from God, by the way, we would understand that prophecy in that sense is not exhortation. Most charismatics today, I think, to be charitable, when someone gives a prophecy, you know, they're, they're not treating it as revelation. You know, I stand up and I give you a prophecy. We're going to, in some cases, they'll have an open mic and you get up and you prophesy. And a man will walk up and he'll say, you know, I want to prophesy on the Lord's behalf that husbands should love their wives. And I want to go, that's exhortation. That's not, we actually already have that. Uh, when we speak of, of prophecy, we mean new revelation. In that sense, the canon is closed. 
the, the apostolic age brings an end to that. We do not believe that there is prophecy of that nature, the, the canon being written, the Bible being written. You hear the voice of God by reading your Bible. And that's how God, God spoke to me, chapter and verse. That's how it works. Because that's the description we have now. I was actually talking to Jeff. I don't want to ruin his sermon. I said, Jeff, you're preaching this this weekend. So what? And one of his arguments he's going to make, I think it's very helpful, is when you look at Jesus' description in the, in the farewell discourse of the Gospel of John, John 14 to 16, when the Holy Spirit comes, here's what's going to happen. He, Jesus does not say, oh, by the way, you're going to get revelatory dreams. Uh, no, it's going to, it's the Holy Spirit will cause you to understand the Scriptures. That's what he says. He will take the things of mine and he will deliver them unto you. And the apostles will be able to write the scripture. But the way that the prophethood of all believers, which Joel is describing phenomenologically in his context, is fulfilled in our age by a witnessing church, a Bible-reading church, a Bible-preaching church with ministers preaching sermons and Christians holding Bible studies and youth group learning the Bible and you saying to your neighbor, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. But it's the whole, the thing Joel's emphasizing, it's the whole church that's engaged in, in the prophetic activity uh, as a result of Pentecost. So, so what happens if someone has a vision today? Well, I want to say we should not ordinarily expect revelatory dreams. I think it's really interesting. In, in Acts 16, when Paul gets the vision of the man of Macedonia, even the apostle Paul gets a vision, and then the next morning he, he gets together with Luke and Silas, I think it was Luke and Silas, and says, let's prayerfully consider that. Paul's like, I had a dream last night. And they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, uh, let's, 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 let's prayerfully consider. They, didn't, they, were, they were careful about just jumping to the sentence. Now, in that case, he did receive a dream that was given to him, but he, that's in his prophetic activity. We should not expect to get revelatory dreams. Now, you come to me and you say, you know, Pastor, I hear all these stories about Jesus appearing to people in the Muslim world. That's what we're being told today. That in these groundbreaking, high-intensity mission fields that Jesus is converting people by dreams, I, I can accept that. But they're going to be exceptions. I, I, I'm really, it's impossible for me or anybody else to render a definitive judgment on your subjective claims unless your subjective claims are completely at odds with Scripture. Now, if you say, Pastor, I went to heaven and I got a tour of heaven. Remember the, the heaven tourism books that were all the rage about 10 years ago? And I'm going to tell you what I saw. I go, time out. As Paul tells us, that's not what happens. So there, there are times when your subjective claims are untrue. But in general, it's very hard to argue with someone's subjective claims. We should not, in any ordinary sense, expect to get revelatory dreams and visions. We should read our Bibles. And when you look at Jesus' description of the, the life of the church and what will happen, what will be the ministry of the Holy Spirit, it's regeneration, it's illumination for the sake of understanding the Holy Scriptures, and then the church to preach it and for the people to witness it. So while the, I, I, now that I've, I got it right, I just want to say the word. At the phenomenological level is not where the action is. It's what he's depicting using the phenomenon of his own time. Is that helpful? That, that really will help you deal with a lot of, of, of that stuff.